Okay, we're in uh, week nine. Let's see week nine. Week nine of our series, Boogeyman. Uh, and this series has been great. It's been awesome. It's, uh, it's been just amazing for me to uh, study and to walk through uh, this book uh, called The Bible and also Anxious for Nothing, uh, the book by Max Cicado. And now I've read it twice. And it blessed me almost more the second time than the first time. And, uh, and so raise your hand again if, you, if this series has been impactful, if you've been. Okay, sweet. So we've got a ser- we've got, uh, I've been praying about it. I was talking to Danielle, uh, I think last night or this morning. Uh, and I've locked down, I think, what our next series is going to be, okay? And so you can get excited about this. Um, we got this week and then two more weeks of Boogeyman. But then after that, we're going to do a series called Hurry Up and Slow Down. It's going to be called Hurry Up and Slow Down, okay? And so it's going to be on a similar topic. Uh, I think one of the reasons we, especially in the West, are very anxious uh, people is because uh, we're always in a hurry and we're always busy and we never slow down and we never um, think about what's essential. We never learn how to prioritize. We just go, 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 go. So for five weeks uh, coming up here soon, uh, so we're going to do, there's three weeks left counting this week. And then we're going to do small groups on, on Boogeyman. It's going to be awesome small group time. And then we're going to go into uh, hurry up and slow down. Okay? So it would be good. But week nine of Boogeyman, if you're taking notes, here's what the message tonight is going to be entitled. And I stole this. It's getting ridiculous. But I stole this. This is literally the chapter title. But it's too good not to name it this, okay? And the title of tonight's message and the title of chapter 9 and Anxious for Nothing is Think About What You Think About. Think about what you think about. That's the title of tonight's message. If you're taking notes, write that down. Think about what you think about. And there's this quote from Max Lucado that says, Your problem is not your problem. But the way you see it is. Your problem's not your problem. It's just the way you see it. We all have problems. We all have things we go through in life. And not that some problems aren't bigger than others. I've told you some of the struggles that I've been through in my life. Some of the struggles that Danielle and I have walked through together. And not minimizing the, the magnitude of those things. But the problem is not the problem. The problem happens in my perspective of the problem. Is it an opportunity for God to move? Is it an opportunity for God's glory to be shown? Is it an opportunity for me to humble myself? Is it what, you know, you go through this line. Or is it just that the world is out to get me, the sky is falling, and it's falling disproportionately on me? You have a choice to think about what you think about, okay? Well, there's a real cranky baby. (laughs) You might want to go check on that. Um... The homie said, I don't want to think about what I want to think about, Dad. Um, so let me give you an example. As Dan- I made Danielle leave, that was planned. I told my mom, like, flick Vince in the forehead or something, make him cry. And so Danielle will walk out so I could tell a story about her uh, without her knowing. Okay, so um, just kidding, totally kidding. That's not true. But the other night, I was talking with Danielle. And I've got kind of a sometimes... I'll get in a super mood, like a certain mood where I have kind of like a, a dark humor, you know? Like I, <laughs> I, I kind of like to like 
push Danielle's buttons in a certain way that I want to make her think. And, and anyway, so I, I don't know. So I, I'm, I started asking questions. Hey, what would happen if this? What would happen if this? And then it got pretty, like, deep really quick. And I was like, what would you do if I, like, died? I just asked her. I was like, what would you do if I died? And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, come on. What would you do if I died? Single mom, Vince, you know, whatever. And, and then, <laughs> oh, what would you do if we lost Vince? You know, like, just stuff like that. What would you do? I just, like, go through this whole thing. And, uh, and she, she replied back after, and it was a whole bunch of stuff like that. That was just crazy. What would you do if, you know, if for some reason, you know, I was on the road to Damascus and God just blinded me for like three days. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what would you do if blah, 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 blah. And Danielle's like, dude, stop. So, but eventually she answered and she said, um, I don't want to think about that. I said, well, why not? Like, it's, you know, it's kind of fun. And uh, I want to feel, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I told you, it's a little dark. But I was like, you know, maybe I want to be appreciated. Maybe I want to see you tear up a little bit thinking about me being gone. You know, I don't know. And uh, so anyways, so, I, I, you know, I'm asking these questions and stuff. And she says, I don't really want to think about that. I don't want to think about that. I don't even want to go there is what she said. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, that's cool. We don't have to go there. I went there, but you don't have to. <laughs> and... But the thing I realized that she's admitting to a fact that we all forget when it comes to anxiety, when it comes to stress, when it comes to the battlefield of our minds, when it comes to, um, there's this book I read called I Declare War by Levi Lasker. When, it's, when it comes to declaring war on our own thoughts, the thing that we always forget, and it's actually a fact, is that you can choose what you think about. You can. You can choose what you think about. Danielle proved it. I said, I gave the scenarios, and, and, and for a second, they probably ran through her brain and ran out. But she goes, I don't want to think about that. And then we moved on. And we probably watched a Netflix show or something after that. But she was like, I don't, I don't really want to go there. I don't want to think about it. So she refused to let those thoughts inhabit her mind. Didn't mean that they passed through, but they can't stay there. That makes sense? There's some thoughts in our minds that are going to drive through. Route 66. Radiator Springs. Just driving on through. And some thoughts you want to stay. Some thoughts you want to make their home. You want them to make their home in your, in your mind. But a lot of thoughts you don't. And so you have to keep on going. Keep on going. Max Lucado uses this example of a, like an air traffic controller. Do you guys know what an air traffic controller is? So when the planes come in, oh, this is crazy. I didn't even know I had this story. Here's a, here's a story right now. Uh, so when planes come into an airport, there's an air traffic controller that's saying, hey, yeah, you're good to go. Go ahead and land. Or when they take off, like, hey, it's your turn and go. And then they go. And so that planes don't, you know, and then all that kind of stuff. So we were, we were in uh, – a couple weeks ago, Danielle and I went up to uh, Washington, the, the homeland, uh, to visit my grandma and some family, and Vince wanted to meet all of them. He was begging us, so we finally went. And uh, uh, But there's a couple of funny things that happened, or kind of sketchy things that happened when, on our flights. And Vince did so good, he was just, he flew perfect. But on the way in, when we got to Washington, the plane landed on its, like, side. Like, the, the guy came in, and then he must have, like, twitched or something, cold chill, and, like, these... It went like this, and then we like kind of like, 
I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, <laughs> baby on board, hello, you know, <laughs> chill out, dog. Uh, and then on the way back, when we were flying back here, if you've ever flown into Orange County, they do this super obnoxious thing where you can't just fly in. you got to fly over the ocean, this whole big loop-de-loop because of sound, because Newport folks are bougie and they don't want airplane sound. So you got to fly around so you don't disturb the neighbors, and then you come in uh, on a different way. So we did this whole thing, flew around, and we're coming in, and literally, like, if you know how the airport works, it goes over the 405 and then you're landing. So we cross over the 405, we're about to land, and then the plane goes and takes back off. I was like, bro, what is going on, you know? And then you start thinking all the, all the crazy things. Our landing gear fell off. We're, we're, we're going to have to land in the water. He's, you know, and there was a lady behind us that was saying that because you have to go back through the loop again, so you go back over the ocean. She's like, oh, my God, we're going to land in the water. Boys, boys, get ready. Grab your gra- – she was like, uh, grab the life vest under the seat. And we're like, whoa, whoa, like – nobody said anything about us landing in water. She was literally like grabbing it, like, (laughs) I will not die today, you know. And But it was like, it was kind of like sketchy because we thought we were going to land, we went up or whatever. And so, but it ended up being fine. But what happened in that scenario is the air traffic controller, um, he he told our pilot that some guy, and it was funny, we were flying Alaska and the pilot's like, some guy, some pilot from a la- from Southwest didn't take off yet, so it was a little dangerous. So we didn't go. I was like, "Boo, Southwest!" But he kind of flamed him like over the intercom. But basically, what happens is the the air traffic controller uh, told our pilot that, "Hey, I don't think it's really safe to land. That Southwest plane is still taking off, and just to be safe, why don't you loop back around?" And so, so we did. And so, but that's how it works in our minds. Sometimes is. Here's the thing. Anything that takes root in your mind, you gave permission to be there. You're like, okay, I'm going to think this way. And not that you're like, I want to think this way, but the thought crosses your mind and you're like, yeah, you could stay. And you dive into it and dive deeper into it. Jax and I were talking about this a couple weeks ago where sometimes in, in our in our despair and in our mourning sometimes it just almost feels good to cry and like and and there's a level to that that's good and healthy like processing emotion but then it goes too far we like I just want to keep crying and so you keep keep trying to find stuff that makes you sad and then it gets into like sad boy hours and you're listening to music to you know ask you did yeah what happens if I die you know and but you just keep going and you let those things take root because you're the air contra- you're the air traffic controller of your mind. And here's the thing. Everything that you want to leave your mind, you tell it to go. Hey, sorry, you know, it's not time for you. Take off. Just like they did when we were on the plane with Mr. Vincent. But you can control your thoughts. If it lands, you let it. If it leaves, you told it to do so. So Proverbs 4.23 says, I'm going to read it in this translation, then we'll read it in that translation. But it says, in my translation, ESV, it says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. But I found another translation that was really cool. And it says, be careful what you think. Everybody say, be careful what you think. Nice. Because your thoughts run your life. Oh, almost got you. Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Don't you know that this is true? (laughs) 
What you think is usually what you're going to do, and, 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 and everything that you speak is first processed through a thought. I remember when I was in fifth grade. In fifth grade, I started cussing in my mind, though, not, not out loud. Not out loud. Come on, it's fifth grade, guys. I'm not that crazy. But I remember in fifth grade, I'm walking around, mm, you stupid, in my head, you know. <clears throat> you know, like, oh, that was a bad one. Oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. Like, nobody heard it. It's just in my mind. But I remember in my mind thinking, oh, you, the things I'd say, you know. And then guess what happened? Sixth grade rolls around, and those things start coming out my mouth. Why? Because they took root in my brain first, right? Because our thoughts run our life. And here's the thing about that. In our fight to, to fight against anxiety and all these different things, you can sow seeds of happiness today that will sprout tomorrow. Let me give some examples. You count your blessings. Th- that's like a real thing, too. You know, people talk about counting your blessings. You're like, oh, it's like a cute little like, thing. My grandma used to tell me, just count your blessings, honey. You know, yeah. But it's actually, it's actually a practice, and it works. You literally sit down, open a journal or something, and count your blessings. Write them out. Like all the things that you're blessed with, you know, uh, with parents that love me, you know, with siblings or with, or with food or with a roof over my head or with whatever it is. And, and not, not everybody has the same blessings, but we all have blessings, right? So you count your blessings or you memorize Bible verses or you pray or you sing worship songs or you spend time with encouraging people. These types of things are planting seeds for you to have a good day tomorrow. And, and reversely, you can decide to have a miserable day tomorrow by planting seeds of misery today. You could wallow in your self-pity, guilt, or anxiety. You can assume the worst, beat yourself up, rehearse regrets, and complain to all your best complaining friends. Oh, I know that if I, if I complain about this to this person, they're going to eat it up. But then you never complain to friends that don't want to complain. Because they'll shut it down. I don't, you know, I don't know that we should really be complaining about that right now. Or they'll just look bored with you. And you're like, it's no fun. I'm trying to complain about my life and you're just like not listening. But here's the thing that we forget about that. Is that sometimes we do things today thinking that tomorrow will be different. But what we're actually doing is planting seeds today that will sprout tomorrow. And so what I mean by that is we get surprised when tomorrow sucks, when today we, we, we were sowing a bunch of seeds of, of negativity and of stress and of anxiousness, and then tomorrow we walk in tomorrow, it's like, oh, I wonder why tomorrow sucks. <laughs> so you can set not only today in the right direction, but counting your blessings, being grateful. We talked about how that could switch, that, that could change your mindset, but it also changes tomorrow. Amen. Healing from stress and anxiety require healthier thinking, requires healthier thoughts. We all have similar problems, but everyone has different ways to think about it. People who have a positive outlook on life, people who don't really struggle with anxiety, whether it be because of uh, just how they were created in in their brain chemistry or whatever, but how it works is they just don't think as many negative thoughts. 
And so if you're a person who struggles with anxiety and stress and depression, the, the task ahead of you is to, and I'll never tell you, just stop thinking bad thoughts. Just stop being sad. Just stop. That's not the answer. The answer is to do something else. You, you ever heard back in the day when you're like, someone was like, oh, you, you know, you got a paper cut or something, and then you're like, oh, you know, like pinch your leg or something and make the pain go away because it's redirected somewhere else. And it kind of works, though. It kind of works. Like something hurts, like you're like, oh, my, my, it's like you have the itch that you can't scratch. You guys ever had that? You've got an itch. You can't scratch. So you just start scratching something else. You're, <laughs> you're like in front of a camera. I've done this. I'm in front of a camera talking. My nose itches so bad. And so I'm just like scratching my leg like this, like, uh, and it, for some reason it works. It's just like, oh, my nose is better now because I scratched it over here. And, uh, but, but the idea is not that I just, uh, I didn't tell my nose, stop being itchy. I redirect it. Does that make sense? So you're not going to tell yourself, stop being negative, stop being depressed, stop being anxious, stop being whatever. No, you're going to tell yourself, be grateful, be happy, be filled with joy, be seeking after God, be, be, come, like, be with friends who are encouraging, come to youth group, go to church. Like These types of things are redirecting our minds to positive things. They're sowing seeds of happiness for tomorrow. But the devil knows that the battlefield is in our mind. The devil knows this. The devil knows that if he can get us to think negatively, he wins. Or if, if, if the way he loses is that we think positively and we're grateful and we understand the, the, the vastness and the glory of God and, and we're just grateful to be loved by him. But the devil knows this and that's why he wants to win the battle of what influences our minds. The devil is all over Modern music. The devil's all over movies today. The devil's all over a lot of shows today. The devil is definitely inhabiting a lot of websites online. And the devil is definitely in love with social media. I'm not saying these things are of the devil. Like, oh, I'm not that guy. <laughs> Don't hear what I'm not saying. Instagram's of the devil, you know. You better go back to a flip phone because your phone is killing you. You know, I'm not going to say that. There's a lot of good things that happen from all these things. But the enemy is really excited when you listen to degrading negative music. Music that talks about how bad your life sucks or how, or how uh, terrible people are. And, the, and it's using profanity and all this kind of stuff. The devil loves that. It's like, oh, yes, man, negativity just flooding into their mind. This is awesome, you know. The devil hates when you listen to worship music or listen to positive music. Just hates it. And it goes through the whole, the same thing. That's why I kind of, I kind of as, and this is where I get a little lame, but I kind of advise against the, like, horror movie, like, frenzy that a lot of people your age have, because I had it when I was your age. It's like, oh, let's watch a scary movie. <laughs> you know? And it's like, and I get it, but also it's like, what are we allowing to in enter our minds? What are we allowing to inhabit our minds? What are we allowing to, right? And the devil eats it up. And, uh, and there's been moments where uh, last year we watched the, as a small group, we watched The Chosen together. It's like this show about the gospel, about Jesus. And normally, if I'm being real, most like Christian TV shows, I'm like that. No, thank you. Hard pass. And I, it took me like three months to get convinced to watch this show. And when I watched it, no joke, you can ask Danielle, every single episode I watched, I was weeping like a baby. Because I, 
it, it, I don't know how to explain it. Maybe we'll watch it in here sometime or something, an episode, because it was like for the for one of the like first times in my life, and I know it's not actually Jesus, but like I could see Jesus and how he lived, and it and 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 how he might have impacted people's lives and what it meant to them, and it just broke me, and I was in, in a good way, and I just noticed after I was like watching those things, I was just ha- I just was so happy. It was like good. It was a good time in my life. Because I'm sowing seeds of happiness, not of despair. Amen? John 10.10, let's throw that up on the screen. John 10.10, it says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So Jesus is saying that the devil comes only to steal, kill, and destroy you. Nothing that the devil offers you is good for you. Ever. You're like, no duh, Brett. But it is kind of a no duh, but like we still take it all the time. We still take things that the devil's offering us. Pride, ooh, let me eat that up, right? A dopamine rush for people just liking my phone. Oh, yeah, give me that, right? When instead of saying, like, oh, God, I am who God says I am, we say, I am who my friends say I am. I am who, I am who society says I am. I have to fit in. I have to, right? We just start eating this stuff up. And you're like, well, I, of course I'd say no to the devil. But we say yes to him almost every day. The devil wants to flood your mind with negative thoughts. But the devil's the king of lies. The devil's good at lying. It's like his, he's just really good at it. He's the best. Best I've ever met. Really good at lying. But here's the thing. Nothing the devil says about you is true. Nothing. So if you're thinking there's a thought in your head, oh, is, that, is, that, is that of God or is that me or is that the devil? If it's, if it's false, go to the Bible. And if it's false, it's the devil. It's not God. <laughs> it's, and, and don't claim it. That's not true. It says, oh, you're not good enough. That's not true. Oh, you're not worthy of being here. That's not true, right? Like you're never gonna you're never gonna amount to anything. That's not true. Right? You get these thoughts out of your head. Satan wants to poison your mind. But here's the thing about Satan that's different than us. Satan can't control your mind. He can't. If we go back to the very beginning, the the, the whole point of this message is that you can. So Philippians 4.8, let's throw that up too. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, holla, uh, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And this is the verse directly after the verses we've been reading from Paul in prison saying, Be anxious for nothing. But by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, bring your requests to God, right? Paul's writing these things, and you know, and, and then he talks about the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds, and what, what does he follow it up with? Uh, finally, the things we should be thinking about, this is how we, con- we control the battlefield that is our mind, is think about what is true. This helps with anxiety a lot. What's true and what's not true? It's not what I think might happen, what actually happened, what are the facts? What's true, what's honorable, what's just, what's pure, what's lovely, what's commendable, what's excellent, what's worthy of praise, and I'm going to fill my mind with those things. Amen?
And so the word here that says think about these things, and in other translations it says fix your, your, your minds on these things, and, and, and the word that's used there, the, the fix or the, or the think or this kind of focus word is called something I can't pronounce because it's in Greek. Um, so there you go. But what it means is it has the same root word as logic. It's like logizmai or something like that. Logic. And so like I said before, anxiety's enemy is clear. And it's clear, logical thinking. Anxiety's enemy is clear, logical thinking. It was like that verse, it started off, whatever is true. Okay, if you're freaking out about life, let's start with what's true. I might not make it into that college. Okay, but let's think about what is true. Did they say yes? Did they say no? No, I haven't gotten an answer. That's what's true. I haven't gotten an answer. Right? But that doesn't mean the answer is no. It just means I haven't gotten an answer. There was a moment when Danielle was pregnant with Vince where something happened late at night and and it freaked her out and it was, and it just, it kind of was this kind of PTSD moment because of the, the miscarriage earlier on, uh, a few months before that. And so th- something happened in the middle of the pregnancy with Vince. And Danielle freaks out. She comes out. Ah, you know, it can't be happening again. Freaking out, right? And I understand. I- I'm freaking out too. Like, okay, okay. We're th- and I-, I remember I was playing video games with the boys, and I just threw everything off. And I was, like, trying to figure it out. And so what we did is we sat down and we discussed what is true. Right? And so the, the thought that was wanting to come into our mind was that we're losing this baby again. But is that true? No. Could it have been true? Potentially. But it wasn't true in that moment. We didn't know. So what's true? What's true is that, you know, something feels off. We're seeing signs of that. But how can we get it to, to, how can we see if Vince is okay? Because we already knew his name by then. And we, so we went down the line. So I said, Danielle, uh, I'm going to make you a smoothie. We're, gonna, we're just going to, we're just going to blast you with sugar. We're going to get this baby hyped up. We're going to see if he's, see if he's doing good. So we literally, I started giving Danielle gummy worms and stuff and like, like smoothie. I'm like, whoa, sugar, sugar, sugar. You know, here's some coffee. And then, and sure enough, blink, 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 his legs start going crazy. I'm like, boom, he's back. Let's go. Like he's here. And I said, that's true. He's moving. He's good. Let's go to bed. So what we did is decided to go after what is true, not of what we thought might be true. Does that make sense, everybody? Before you freak out in a, in a bad scenario, even call your parents or call your best friend, here's what you should do first. Call on God. Call upon the name of the Lord. Proverbs 12.25 says, Anxiety is a, in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. And 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And here's the best part. This is the main part of this. And take every thought captive to obey Christ. A thought that's coming in your mind that's not obeying Christ, you take it captive, you throw it out. So we should learn biblical promises and, 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 and recite them like, 
like our life dependent. God, you said that you're going to be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So lead me and guide me, you know. God, you said that, that I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right? You just, you just say these things when you get anxious, right? Think about the facts. What's right in front of you? God's truth. Here's the thing. Only God knows what's ahead of us, not me. I can guess, but I'm usually wrong, you know? And when we look at Jesus, he lived in the moment. He lived in the now. This is why I want to start a series about hurrying up and slowing down. Hurry up and slow down. Why? Because Jesus never was in a, in a rush. He heard that Lazarus was dying and he took four days to get there. <laughs> he waited two days to even leave. Lazarus, he rolls up, Lazarus is dead. And they're like, wow, Jesus, take your time, dog. Thanks, man. But Jesus moved at his pace. And he knew that what was going to happen next would, would show God's glory. So we need to trust God with our future, guard our minds, so we can actually live today. And I'm going to end it with this story real quick of something that impacted me, impacted me a lot when I was a kid. This whole thing of the battlefield in our minds. Thinking about what I think about. How can I control my thoughts? So my mom, when we were growing up, she'd drop us off at elementary school um, every day. And we started taking the bus in middle school because apparently all of a sudden she didn't have time to take us to school. But whatever. Uh, but anyways, when she'd drop us off at school, in elementary school, she would say this prayer. Um, and it would be similar, almost the same thing every time. But in the prayer, she would say, um, as she's praying, she'd say, God, guard their hearts from things that are not of you, guard their eyes to things that are not of you, guard their ears to things that are not of you, and guard their minds to things that are not of you. And put a hedge of protection around them today. In Jesus' name, amen. So my mom would pray every day. Every day. And so after a while, like, my mom would be praying, and I'd be like, <laughs> like I know what she was going to say. But after a while, it started taking root in my mind. As I walked into scenarios, it was like, God's guarding my heart, my mind, my soul. Right? And he's got a hedge of protection around me. And so that's how we got to walk into our daily lives. Look, wake up in the morning, have some quiet time with Jesus, and then, and then pray, God, guard my heart, guard my mind. Even guard my eyes and my ears. Let me see what you want to see. Let my heart break for only things that your heart breaks for. And let me be joy-filled when, when, when things bless you, Lord. Let me pray those prayers, right? So why don't we stand up together. And I want to pray that prayer over you this week. And test it out this week from this Wednesday till next Wednesday, these, these next seven days. Test it out. And take control of your thoughts. Take captive every thought and, and that's not obeying Christ and, and tell it to go. Be the air traffic controller of your mind. Amen. And, and, and if something's coming in and it's a bad thought and you just say, no, I don't, have, I don't want to think about that. I don't have time for that. And I'm going to think about this instead. It's not just saying something to go because your brain can't be empty. <laughs> it's saying, I don't want that. I want this instead. You know, I don't, I don't want to be negative. I want to be positive instead. I don't want to think about how my life sucks. I want to think about how good God is. I want to think about my friends at youth group. I want to think about all the things God has blessed me with, right? So I'm going to pray over you. If you will, bow your heads, close your eyes. God, we just thank you for today. We thank you uh, for this group of students and leaders, God, and how uh, much they love you, how faithful they are. Um, God, we just pray that you would bless them this week, God, that you would help us to just 
keep fighting this, uh, this fight against anxiety and against negativity in our lives, God. And I pray over each and every student, each and every leader here, God, that you would guard their hearts. God, that you would guard their minds. God, that you would guard their eyes and ears and their souls and their spirits to things that are not of you. God, and I pray a hedge of protection around all of these students this week. God, bless them. Help them to think things that are of you and help them to take control of their thoughts and, and think of things that are of you. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said nice and loud. Amen. Amen.